0: Welcome back to Todd's Time Travel here on Summer Valley FM, still with Phil the Guide at Inge at Shakespeare's Birthplace. Um, Phil, there's obviously something I've always wanted to know as a child, which is from the year 1585, we have what's called Shakespeare's Missing Years, it's where we just don't know what happened to Shakespeare in yes. this seven-year seven-year period. He just vanishes from the historical record, and we don't know what he did. Yes, so indeed. I don't know like, what your personal theory was on that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm very thank thank you for the question. I'm very <laughs> lucky in that there are several authors now who now contribute. What's the trust, the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust? Um, believes to be the most current scholarly version of what happened. Now, this is a combination of things, but I'll mention an author named David Fallow, who's written an excellent essay in a book that some of your um, listeners might want to look at, which is called The Shakespeare Circle. It deals with a circle of Shakespeare's friends, acquaintances, business contacts in Stratford. Now, David's um, proposition is this, and he's done this based on a study of John Shakespeare's finances. It is all based on documented evidence is that John Shakespeare, uh, as a significant dealer in wool, needed representation in London, pure and simple, because the export market was controlled from there. It's highly likely that when William left Stratford-upon-Avon in 1585, it wasn't as a lovelorn poet searching for the theatre, it was as a businessman on his father's behalf, setting out to make contacts, and he'd probably been to London several times before with his father. Now, traditionally, he didn't emerge for seven years. (laughs) However, um, there is a suggestion that he collaborated on writing Henry VI Part II as early as 1590, which is five years. And he re-emerged in Shoreditch, already established as part of James Burbage's Theatre Company. This was based in Shoreditch, in one of the largest theatres in London at the time that James's company had built back in 1576. So what did William do when he re-emerged in London? If he'd gone on his father's business, which he may well have done, he would have found in London a lucrative, unregulated theatre industry. The man with the business savvy that he had, derived from his father, (laughs) and his literary talent, bear in mind seven years education at 12 hours a day, six days a week in a grammar school. (laughs) Absolutely, where he learnt English language, he learnt Latin, he learnt Greek to a cursory level he learnt rhetoric, which is delivery of language. Yeah. So this man is talented. And he appears to have been a hired man. Now this is, a, this is a proposal from James Shapiro, another very good author to read if you're researching Shakespeare's time in London. Read the two books, 1599 and 1606. They're very good the way they're written. Um, and as a hired man, he'd be paid to, to perform per play. Now, when did he start to become known and famous? Let's go to a, let's go to a, a lovely <laughs> Stratford link. So, um, plague hit London, 1592-93. Um, you had a choice as a theatre company, you disband, put everybody out of work, um, go touring, You'd still make money, but less of it in the yeah. provinces, get away from the centre of plague, or hunker down and sit it out. Now this is what William did, stayed with the Burbages, and, and there, yeah. this is almost like he decided to test, test the water to see how the public reacted to his writing. And he'd been working on something for a while, an epic poem called Venus and Adonis*, uh, quickly followed by The Rape of Lucrece, a similar kind of format, um, a classic story reworked. Now, he'd written it. What did he do to publish it? He's in Shoreditch. He went west to Blackfriars. What was in Blackfriars? His old school friend, Richard Field. <laughs> this friendship started with the parents. His dad, Henry Field, was a tanner in the heavy leather business socially a cut below John Shakespeare but friends and both their kids went to the same school it's King yeah. Edwards. exactly Next. and Richard Field had a he'd undertaken a five-year apprenticeship to learn the art of print and he had a print shop in Blackfriars he published Shakespeare's first work now interestingly um, maybe it's because they're old friends William did it for a one-off fee and this flew off the shelves of the London booksellers, so Richard was someone that was making quite a lot of money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, I just thought because when when the plague was going on, and obviously all the other theatres shut down, in a way that kind of gave him the commercial that he would need, because a lot of the theatres were closed up, nothing
1: would be playing, so therefore yes. Shakespeare's play yeah. would then have front of the queue. Um, spotlight. Well, well yeah and the pl- thing is plague was a, a perennial problem it wasn't yeah. just one plague no, the later bubonic plague was another thing uh, the plague and the sweating sickness this was this other horrible virulent thing which could flare up uh, a few years later it took twenty-three thousand londoners in southwark um it, it, so it was it the the plague would was flaring up all the time um shakespeare did go touring and uh, quite close to us we have coventry And if any of your listeners are visiting, do go to the medieval uh, St. Mary's Guildhall, right next to the ruins of the old cathedral. Shakespeare's company performed there three times, it's documented. We don't know which of those um, performances William was involved in, if any, but highly, highly likely at least one of them. Um, So um, when he found out about his son dying in 1596, he was touring in Kent, I believe. But it was four days until he got the news, and Hamlet was in the ground after two. So he didn't get back to the. No, he didn't get back to the funeral sadly. No, yeah, and well, as we said, uh, there it's just not documented. Yeah. So why or what happened, Exactly. Now, just bringing it, just closing, bring it back to Stratford upon Avon. Um, again, um, the the evidence of his popularity in London is not something which is widespread after he stopped performing
0: no it's not that he becomes a superstar just as he started indeed
1: he probably he, he had um he had significant status in london and fame and bear in mind that he's rubbing shoulders with gentry with aristocracies, performing in the courts as well back here in stratford upon avon this is mr shakespeare well now a gentleman he obtained a coat of arms for his father which also became his so his rank if you like is william shakespeare gent um, and we talked earlier about his father achieving a status of the middling sort william achieved the status of what we now refer to as lesser gentry didn't have the critical mass of land and massive old money he was a self-made man just like his father yeah. but with that extra leg up that he was born into a commercially effective family in the first place um, his last trip to London was around 1614, uh, Now, the year before the, globe, the first globe burnt down. Um, James Shapiro has theorised that, and also I think Bob Behrman mentions it in his book about Shakespeare's money, that it looks like William had relinquished his shares in the King's Men earlier that year. Happy chance. He didn't have to fork out <laughs> to rebuild the globe because he was no longer a member of the company. Oh, interesting. So he cashed in his shares. I thought the first
0: globe burned down because of a cannon shot that went through the ceiling. So would we you p- not think that might have been? They were. <laughs> it's <laughs> interesting feeling. Hey, that's the left a little of it. Perfect. Exactly.
1: Fire. <laughs> and it was during a performance of Henry the Eighth or All Is True. And uh, it's well, they I noticed they refer to it as a prop cannon. Uh, they used real weapons, there was a real cannon, it was a real cannon, no, it a real like, yeah, cannon yeah, yeah, and yeah, it set that, off yeah. the part of the thatch. And, and off we went. <laughs> I was starting to think it was completely
0: to hit yeah. the ceiling. It. It's like, guys, look, we're gonna do an short gap, get that cannon,
1: even to that it, it could, And the, but it was all cost, there was no insurance then. So, unfortunately, the sharers as they stood then were approached by now. it's obviously the sons of james burbage so it's richard and Cuthbert burbage oh, yeah. say chaps we need we're going to need 60 pounds off each of you to rebuild the globe <laughs> that just as with all projects you know like hs2 doubled and it became 120 pounds and william must have been thinking thank goodness oh, yeah. I share, yeah,
0: lucky i wasn't part of that <laughs> and he started
1: his progress back to you you if you say when did he retire he was backing off in 1614 uh, but he had so many Friends, business associates in Stratford. He knew some of the more moneyed families like the Coombe family and if you walk up the road you'll see the house of Abraham Sturley which is now Pragnall's Jewellers um, which was a four bay house, a very substantial house. His good neighbours Mr July Shaw and his friends Judith and Hamlet Sadler who he named his twins oh, after. Yeah, so he's come home to all of these friends and business associates. Um, but I don't think he took off the gas until very late in his life. He took his foot off the gas until very late in his life. No. He was a, he was very much a, a doer.
0: Oh, brilliant. Phil, well, it's been brilliant to talk to you about Shakespeare. I have not actually had this much shit in about Shakespeare since I was a lad. So, <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks yeah, for the no, Yeah,
0: thank you very much, Phil.